So good morning to all the Talmidim. I look around the Bismedish. It is somewhat uh, emptier than it usually is. And the days are days of challenge, profound sadness, and tragedy. So what do we do when we hear such awful news and such horrific events hurt our people and when so many thousands of families are mourning. So there's a story in Sanhedrin that Samaches. Kishokolo Rebeliezera Godel Nechnesu Chachmi Yisrael Levakro. Rebeliezer ben Horkinus was the greatest Tana of his time and he was gravely ill. And some of the Chachomim came to visit Biker Choylem. And he asks, Where were you till now? Because Rebeliezer Shemuti and they weren't enough from him. And they said, and he says, I wonder whether you'll die a natural death. And they're shocked. And the Bekiva asks, what's going to be my, what's my destiny? And the says, your demise will be more painful than all the others. And actually, that is what happened. So the story in Mesechet Sanedent of Samaches ends right there. And we wonder what happened after that. So the end of the story is in Zoyar, Reya Mehemne Pashas Vayero. They're all shocked and taken aback by what Rabbi Eliezer just said. And then a Bekiva speaks up and says three words, Rabbi, Teach us Torah. Let's start right here and now. We're late, but we don't know how much time we still have, but teach us. And one could interpret this story in different ways. Maybe Rebbe Kiva hopes in this chus of Torah, ham tokas adinim, maybe things will get better. Or maybe just, okay, we heard tragic times are coming. But let's learn Torah. What else do we have to do? So learning Torah is our strength. I've been asked from so many kehillas and shuls and individuals, should we make a Kiddush V'chosen Torah this Shabbos? person asked me, I have my son's bar mitzvah, should I postpone it? And I say, no, no, Jewish life must go on. Have a Kiddush of Chosen Torah. Don't get drunk, Kiminaga Yeshivas. And I say this uh, sadly. If you have a Bar Mitzvah, don't have music, but rejoice and be Samech V'Simchas Mitzvah. That's what keeps us going. I heard that one of the shuls in one of the towns that was devastated 
down in the south and a thousand Jews were murdered in cold blood. So they didn't have any akafas, Simcha started in the morning. Yesterday they all got together and made akafas. And I think that's beautiful. There is no minute to make a kafas in the middle of a weekday, a week after Shavuos. But they felt they're missing something. They're missing something very dear to their hearts. They didn't do a kafas in Simchas So they did a kafas yesterday. Jewish life must go on because that's our strength and that's our koyach and that's our hope. And that is what keeps us going. So Baruch Hashem, we come together in Yeshiva to learn Torah. Rabbi, Oileflan Oiraiso, like Rabbi Kiva says to Rabbi Eliezer ben Harkonus. The sugya today is waging war on Shabbos in Yonah de Yoyma. So Shabbos is upcoming. We are getting together out of Shabbos in the morning, and I'm quite confident that the war in Gaza will keep on in Shabbos. Is that right? Or is it wrong? So at the end of Pasha Shoftim, we learn how Jews wage war. When Jews wage war, they don't destroy things that do not need to be destroyed. Not only human beings, not even trees. And you don't destroy the trees if you could spare them. On the other hand, both in Bavli and in Yerushalmi, Afilu till the enemy is destroyed, Afilu Bishabbos. So there's a Mishnah Mesechet Shabbos Yutes Omud Beis. And the Mishnah deals with two different halachas. Ein mafligin bisfino gimel yomim lifnei ha-shabbos. If you need to travel the seas, you cannot embark on a journey. You cannot have your boat or your ship leave dock. Gimel yomim lifnei ha-shabbos. Ein tzorim and if you need to lay a siege on an enemy city, you can do it three days before Shabbos. You need to do it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but not Thursday, Friday, or Shabbos. Are these two halachas one and the same? Are they associated or two different halachas? One has nothing to do with the other, and the only common denominator is Gimel Yomem Lifnei Shabbos. That's a machlekes rishonim. There are two fundamental pshotim why ein mafligin besvino gimel yomem lifnei shabbos. There is under Rambam periklamet hilchas shabbos halochi yud gimel maintain. It's all about oinik shabbos because when you're on a ship on the sea, some people become seasick and they become nauseated and they feel awful. And usually after a few days, you just get used to it and you're going to feel better. So the Riff and the Rambam says, 
you cannot embark on that sea journey, Gimel Yomim Lifnei Shabbos, because it's very likely you're going to be mevatel earning Shabbos. You're going to be vomiting all Shabbos, and that is a violation of earning Shabbos. And that's why you need to start your journey earlier. That's the Pshat of the Rif and the Rambam. And the Rambam, Perek Lamed El Shabbos, writes that's the same reasoning of Ein Tzorin Aloir. So when you lay a siege on a city, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes even years. Like the siege on Yerushalayim, when the Romans laid a siege on Yerushalayim, Yerakadish. And usually it's very intensive duty, and you're on the, on the barricades, and it would be a violation of Oynik Shabbos. That's the pshat of the Rambam and the Rif. And according to their interpretation, these two halachas are the same. And what they have in common is a violation of Oynik Shabbos. The Balamoyer, Rabbeinu Zrachio Alevi in Shabbos, Tafiutes, has a totally different approach, and he says, it is very common being on a ship in the middle of the sea that you need to be mechalal Shabbos just to maintain the ship and to continue on your journey. And it would be defined as pikuach nefesh, but you cannot get into a pikuach nefesh situation which means it's about semantics. But if you embark on this journey, it is as if you planned Chilal Shabbos. And you should not plan Chilal Shabbos. And the Balamur says the same. When you lay siege to a city, that is the beginning of war. And to have a successful siege, you will need to be Machalal Shabbos. So Chil Shabbos is justified when Jews need to wage war, but Gimel Yomem Lifnei Shabbos nere kemas Shabbos. And we have a mitzvah to try to minimize Chil Shabbos and not plan lachat Chil Shabbos. The Meiri divides these two halachas, and regarding Ein Mafligin Besvino, he brings the Rambam in the Rif. Ain't Soran Alayir, he has no other interpretation, just minimize Chil Shabbos, and it shouldn't seem as if Lechat You could have avoided this Chil Shabbos, but you didn't care to prevent it. And that is why Ain Tzorin. So the Gemara Darshans, and that is Beis Shammai, both in Shabbos Taf Yutes and in Yerushalmi, Mesechet Shabbos Yud Gimel Omed Alef. Ad Ridetu Afilo B'Shabbos. Is that a din of Pikuach Nefesh? Why do we need a posik? Ad Ridetu Afilo B'Shabbos. Svas Emes, on the spot there in Shabbos Taf Yutes, his interpretation is, when you wage war, Shabbos is Hutro. And you're allowed to be Machala Shabbos even though it is not required to the success of the campaign. Adridito is exeris war overrides Shabbos. Even if regarding the campaign, your commanders say, oh, we could wait till after Shabbos, it won't really make a difference. 
we could wait in a certain attack or a certain military endeavor till after Shabbos. It is not really needed, but to be successful and victorious in war, that overrides Shabbos, and it is not a din of pikuach nefesh, and that's why we need a posik ad ridito. If it would be pikuach nefesh situation, then why do we need a posik? Maybe the posik is just a remez ba'alma or an asmachta, but the din is a din of pikuach nefesh. When you wage war, we want to be successful, we want to vanquish the enemy and destroy him in a minimal loss of life to our own, to our people. And maybe the Pesach is just an asmachta. But the Rambam brings this drosha twice, both in Hilchah Shabbos, Perik Beis, Chofhei, and once again in Hilchas Malochim. And Loshan of the Rambam indicates very clearly, no, that that is a drosha gemuro. Perek Vav Alochu Yud Aleph and Hilchus Malochim and Perek Beis Alochu Chofhei and Hilchus Shabbos. And therefore, the Pshat, Pshat of Svasemis seems to fit in nicely with the lotion of the Rambam. It's Exeris Akosov. Being utmost success in the battlefield overrides Shabbos. There's another halacha regarding Success in warfare against mitzvahs at Torah. And that is a Gemara and Chulin, brought in the Rambam, Perik Ches, Aloch Aleph, Elches Malochim, Katli Dichezura. When you are in combat conditions, you greet Macholas Asuris. And the Gemara refers to a situation when you conquer a city. And one of the biggest problems in every war whether it was thousands of years ago or even today, is logistics. I had many Shilas this week, our soldiers down in the south, and they didn't have any food. And wonderful people living in the cities, in the towns, in the settlements, are bringing tons of food, but we don't know what Heksher it is. Could we eat that food? So, my psak was, if you're hungry, you don't have what to eat, and you're down there, and there are terrorists everywhere, and you, you, you need to be at your best, and you need to be keen and sharp, then you could eat that food. Assuming people are decent, and a person that eats non-kosher won't bring non-kosher food to firm soldiers. So obviously, you know, soldiers with tzitzis, I want a yarmulke. 99% of the food in Israel has some heksha, fundamental heksha. We can't say it's trace, even though we don't rely on the heksha. So this is the info age. 15 minutes after I gave this psak, I was notified that it's all everywhere on the internet that Rabbi said that a soldier could eat any food which made me very angry. It's not what I said. I said, if you don't have what to eat and you are in combat uh, conditions, you need to be at your best. But I didn't say the moment you put on your uniform, you could just go to a non-kosher restaurant and eat a non-kosher steak, chas v'shalom. So 
you need to be very careful in this modern age when you give a psak, you know, whom you're talking to, and if people are sensible enough to understand what you're saying. But anyway, the Gemara says, if you conquer a, a city and you want to eat whatever you find in that city, because not always could the army bring along enough food, especially in days of yore when they had no refrigeration. So the custom was you conquer a city and you eat whatever food you find in that city. And the Gemara says, it's mutar. And the Rambam brings this aloha perikhes, aloha alef. There's a machloikis radbaz and rivash. Who was the rivash? Does anybody know? Who was the rivash? Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem? Yeah? See the rivash? Some Hasidus forum quote, you know, rivash, meaning the Baal Shem Tov. But usually, when most forum quote the rivash, that's not Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem, but Rabbi Yitzchok Bar Sheshet, who was one of the greatest gedolim in Spain and then in Northern Africa in the times of the Inquisition, going back more than 600 years. And then Baz was a contemporary of the Rivash, somewhat younger. The Baz says Pshat in the Rambam. So why is the Torah Mekel? You could eat treif food when you conquer a city. The Baz says, even though you might find kosher food, but the Torah wants to minimize sakona. And if you're going to need to leave your base looking for kosher food, you might be ambushed, you might be hurt, and therefore the Torah goes to the extreme. Don't put your life in jeopardy even remotely. So you could just go into the houses which you conquered into the warehouses and take whatever food available and eat. So that Adbaz's understanding is it is associated with the Cheshash Shekon and Pikuach Nefesh. It's not a blanket heto. It's not totally hutro. It is based on the assumption, which is a correct assumption. It was written 500 years ago and it's relevant even today. You know, in combat conditions, Sakona could lurk everywhere, behind every wall, behind every tree, behind every rock. And that's why the Torah is mati or kadle de chazira, because you don't, you don't need to make the effort and leave the premises looking for kosher food. The Rivash and Simakufalev goes to a greater extreme. And he says, even though there is no sakona whatsoever, hutro. And it's reasonable to say that the question Lagabe Chilul Shabbos depends on the two different opinions Lagabe Macholas Asurois. According to the Rivash that Bishas Malchomet, the Torah is Matir Macholas Asurois, and it's hutro, even though there is no sakona involved we would say pshat in ad ridito, like the svasemes. Melchama is doiche Shabbos. According to the Radbaz, that the reasoning, the rationale, that the Torah's mate macholas asuris is not a blanket heter. It is just because you might 
put your soldiers in harm's way and you might put their life in jeopardy going out and looking for kosher food, we would say the same regarding ad ridito. You can't give the enemy the privilege knowing that Shabbos he won't be attacked because then he could plan, he could reorganize, he could, and that would be a sakana to your own. So the two different interpretations in ad ridito Shabbos would depend on the Machloikis Rivash and Radbaz in defining the other halacha that Bishas wore, the Torah's Matya, Macholas Asulis. So I think, just like Chazal say, when we learn the halachas of Melchoma, it should be Leschus. Leschus, all those precious, young, beloved soldiers that are putting their life in jeopardy, and HaKadosh Baruch should bring them all safely home. What I would like to talk to you about is, what is our obligation in times of war? So I was approached by some people from, uh, from the army. Could we have the yeshiva boys come out and dig Kvorim? The question in itself brought me to tears. Such a tragic question. They don't really have enough people to dig Kvorim. Because never since the Holocaust were more than a thousand Jews murdered in one day just because they're Jews. Anoshim, Noshim, Vitav, entire families destroyed. Family, father, mother, and three children were all found shot dead. And all together, hugging each other. So this is a real crisis, just identifying the bodies. And so many Levias. And since Simchas the hundreds of soldiers were killed in combat. So I said, I don't think it's a good idea to have boys leaving yeshivas and digging kvarim. It's a huge mitzvah, but you will need to find others to do that job. We need the yeshiva boys learning Torah, and that is the greatest service they could do. And that is what they need to participate in making this war successful. So on Megillah Dav Gimel Chazal, tell a story of Yeshua Benun, Melchemes Mitzvah, when they conquered Eretz Yisroel. And Yeshua Benun goes out by night. Why did he go out? I don't know. Maybe he looked for a quiet place for Tikkun Chatzois. Maybe, you know, in modern slang, he went out to just air out his head and just calm down. And suddenly he sees a Sartzovo, he sees a general, a commander. And he is baffled. He doesn't know him personally, and he probably knew all his senior military brass. He doesn't recognize his uniform, so he asks him, Halono at im Are you friend or foe? Do you belong to our camp or to the enemy camp? 
And that commander responds, Loi ki I'm not a mortal. I'm not human. I'm an angel. And I was sent to deliver a message to you. And Yeshua asks, so what is the message? And the angel says, Emesh bitaltem tomet Yesterday you didn't bring the korban, and today you were mevatel Torah, and Yeshua asks, so what is it? Which of the two Averis is my problem? And the Malach says, Bittel Torah. How does Yeshua respond? The Posek says, Vayolen betoicha eimek, melamed shalan beumko shel halacha. And I wonder why umko shel halacha? Umko shel halacha means he didn't organize a cheveres tehillim they should say a thousand times to Hillim, but rather a koilal erev, and I guess they learned choysheh mishpot. But um why is that? I probably wasn't there in this fateful encounter when Yeshua met the Malach. If I would be there, or if I would be Yeshua Benun, I would say, Reb Malach, you might be a great malach. But obviously you don't remember Shas, because in Soita Daf Memdalat, the Gemara clearly says, Bishas Malchemis Mitzvah, Oisig Mitzvah Putam and a Mitzvah. So what are you talking about, Talmud Torah? This is a bitter war. People are dying. We're waging war. What did the malach answer? I think the malach tell Yeshua Benon, Yeshua, you don't get it. You don't get it at all. You don't understand what your eyes are seeing. If I would be sent if Bittel Torah would be the issue, Kodesh Boch would dress me up in a Hamburg and in a frock, like Rosh Hashivas are dressed. If I would be sent because Bittel Torah, maybe I would wear a Shlaimel and a Kapata, like the Bayam are dressed. Look at me. You thought I'm a commander. I was sent men in full military gear. It's about war. It's not about Torah. Jews can't win wars with Bittel Torah. Jews don't win wars with because Jews don't live Bederech HaTeva, and nothing about us is Bederech HaTeva. So let me make this clear. We need the best soldiers, the best training, the best equipment, and the most powerful motivation, and I believe we have all that, but that is not enough. Hashem Ishmael and the Gemara teaches us, And Jews win wars only with a joint effort. Talmud Torah and waging war. So the Malach tells Yeshua, Yeshua, open your eyes. Why did HaKadosh Baruch send me to you in a military uniform? You must understand, it's not about vishinantom levonecho, it's not about vilimadetem oisam mishmatem lasoisam, it's about melchama. If you want to win this war, you need 
more Torah. There's a beautiful Tana de Be'elio, Perik Yud. And Tana de Be'elio is my father, Posek in Shoftim. Mogain im Yeroa, Veromach, Barbon, Elef mi Israel. Yifchar Eloikim Bechadoshim. And the Tana de Be'elio says, Arbon Elef mi Israel, Shiatzul Melchama. אם יש ביניהם זוג אחד של תלמידי חכמים, בשבילם אני מצי לסיסרון. And הקודש ברוך הוא tells those תלמידי חכמים, אשריכם, בשבילכם אני מצי לסיסרון. אשרי מי שדברי תוירה משחד שבל יודוי, בשבילוי אני מצי לסיסרון. And that's the פשט, ונבחר אלוהיקים בחדושים. And once again I asked, why Chidushay Torah? Why don't Chazal simply say, Asher Misha Oisik B'Torah, B'Shviloi Animatsi L'Sisroel. So the Posik says, Magen Im Yira'eh, V'Romach Barabu Merav M'Yisroel. Do you know what the Magen and the Romach are? 2,000 years ago, the fundamental, the basic tools of war with the sword and the shield. That's the Magen and the Romach. And in ancient days, in your right hand, you had the Romach, which is a, sh a sword or a spear or an other offensive weapon which you used to kill. And in your left hand, you had the shield. The shield is a defensive weapon in which you try to defend yourself, not to be hurt. Hamagen v'haromach, the sword and the shield were transformed 10,000 times since the days of the Romans and the Greeks and the Jews that waged wars. And they were transformed into infantry and special forces and artillery and armor and missiles and anti-missile missiles and anti-missile, anti-missile missiles and planes and technology and cyber warfare. But even in modern days, it is only the combination of offense and defense which makes armies victorious. And every good army knows it needs to invest in offense and in defense as well. Otherwise, you will never win a war. זה לאום הזה עושו אלוהיקים. במלחמתו של תוירו, we need the מגן and the רומח. The מגן and the רומח are the מקשה and the תארצן. So the מקשה attacks, and he wants to tear things apart. And the תארצן says, no, he is מיישב. He defends. So, in order to give power and strength to the Magen and the Ramach of the battlefield, we need the Magen and the Ramach of the Beis Medesh of Malcham Toshel Was any of our precious students ever Machadish Achidish? So how are Gedoyle Machadish Chidush Only one way. There is no other. You have a kasha. It demands, it necessitates a teretz. That is how our Mechadish Halacha. And that is how Torah worked. 
Since the days of the Gemara, Baalei Toisves, thousand kashas, which breed two thousand terutzim, every teretz is a halacha. So the Tone de Beor says, Ashri Mishri Divre Toira Meschatshan al Yodoi. Mogain im Yeroa, Veromach Barboa Merof Yisor. And that is why when Yeshua Benun gets Musar from the Malach, and the Malach tells them, How do you expect to win this war with Bittel Toira? What does he do? Vayolan Betorcha Emek, Umko Shalaloch. Many years ago, probably it was. Uh, 45 years ago, and I had my little daughters, and I once took them to Rosh Hashanah. Some of you probably visited Rosh Hashanah, and there's a long trail on the rock overseeing the ocean. And from a few hundred meters away, I see two soldiers reading a book together. And I told my little girls, I wonder what they're reading. And as we came closer, I see two soldiers in full military gear with the rifles on their shoulders learning Mishneh Brura. And I started to cry, not out of sadness, but I was moved. And now that I tell the story, I'm moved again. And I told my little girls, this is the fulfillment of a dream thousands of years. So we dreamed about coming back to Etzisor. Not necessarily to visit Rosh Hashanah, that wasn't our dream, but we dreamed about coming back to Etzisor to learn Torah and to build and to daven and to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu in Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Avisenu, Eretz HaKodesh, and Bimekai, Mitzvah, Part of that dream was not being dependent on Goyim to defend us because they always failed us. But to be back in Eretz Yisrael and care for ourselves and have Jews caring for us. And what came to my mind is Arbon Elef Miesol Shiatsu Lemelchama Em Yesh Beneim Zugachad Shultan Midachachomim. And maybe these two young soldiers learning Mishnah Brura together, that is the Zug Echot of Talmid HaChachomim. Omer lehem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bishvilchem Ani Matzi Les Yisrael. So, when other kids your age are dying in the battlefields and to our dismay and terrible sadness, some of them are dying. You need to feel responsibility. I don't want you to go out and dig graves. I want you to sit in the base of Medrash. And I want you to take up arms. Hamagen v'haromach. Magen v'haromach of the yeshiva. The magen and the romach of the base of Medrash. The magen and the romach, the sword and the shield in Malcham Toshel Torah. When you learn Torah here, you might be saving lives there. When you learn Torah here, you're giving koyach to your brethren, to other kids your age that are putting their lives in jeopardy to fight a brutal, barbaric enemy. So I think everybody needs to feel these 
responsibility. So Baruch Hashem, we're learning Torah, and we firmly believe in Divrei Chazal, But the kids out there in the trenches and storming enemy lines, they're not given two hours every afternoon to take a nap. They don't have that privilege. Neither should you. Neither should you. You need to feel responsibility. You have five extra moments, another Perek of Tehillim, another Perek of Tehillim, another Blot Gemara. You need to feel the same responsibility because Kulanu Bnei Ish Echod Nachna, we are one. And that is the beauty of the Jewish people. We fight around, we fight around amongst ourselves more than any other people. We just seem to never to be able to get along with each other. But when tragedy strikes and Jews are in danger, we always come together. And it's unbelievable. And it says so much about what a Yid is, what a Jew is. And what we're witnessing is an amazing display of Achtus. It's even hard to imagine. Just a month ago, everybody was fighting everyone in this land, left and right, and demonstrations for and demonstrations against, and the country seemed to be falling apart. And now, everybody is fighting together. And it's amazing how the entire population comes together, how the entire Jewish world comes together. Wherever there's a Jewish community, from Copenhagen to Johannesburg, from Tbilisi to Winnipeg, to wherever Jews are in the entire world, it's like one heart. We know there's a financial crisis in New York. So when I was in America some time ago, there was difficulty raising funds. Probably Yeshiva Stoyles Chaim feels the same. And now, Hundreds of millions of dollars are pouring into the effort. Some of that money is going nowhere, to my dismay. But just seeing the Jewish world come together is such an inspiration, an unbelievable inspiration. And it's all Jews have the same heart, and we're all one. And this gives us a lot of chizuk. It's a huge inspiration. But I think yeshiva boys need to feel this responsibility. Yesterday in Ramat, yesterday night, there was a Levaya. Two brothers were buried. Shroom kids. Father is a Rav in Ashur. The Slotki brothers, both were killed in combat down south. So this is heartbreaking. It's just too miserable, too miserable to bear. It's a Gezeras Shemayim, and we believe, we believe. Kodesh Bochu knows what he's doing. It's the way it needs to be. And Kodesh Bochu always loves us. But a Jew always needs to ask himself, not why, but what? 
we don't know why. Allah said, Lavai, we will be wiser. Looking back at all the tragedy we suffered, we will understand. We will understand Chazdei Shemaim. But right here and now, the question isn't why, but what? What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu expect of us in these circumstances, right here and now? And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from you is with all your kaiches, whatever you have, to learn Torah. And bear in mind, in the schus of Talmud Torah, Kodesh Bochu should send it a full shalem, and especially to the thousands that were injured. Kodesh Bochu should be menachem, all those thousands of fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, children that have lost their family members, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give success to the troops that are fighting this Malchemes Mitzvah. So in the Schus of Talmud Torah, we should all be Zoycham. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should send Mashiach Tzedkeinu, Amen.